Earth podcast with your host, Jake Weaver, engineered by Cedric Swan. Hey, everybody, we are back with another episode of Midnight on Earth. I'm your host, Jake Weaver, and we're here to bring you more knowledge, more light, and more love. Well, today we have an incredible author on the show, one of two authors of this book that I read that I absolutely love. It's called The Power of Awe, A-W-E, The Power of Awe, and the subtitle is Overcome Burnout and Anxiety, Ease Chronic Pain, Find Clarity and Purpose in Less Than One Minute a Day. I, I like the sound of that. Already that's sounding good. And we're going to talk to him. We're going to learn about this in just a second. But first, I need you to do something for me. Go to bluecobracbd.com. That's bluecobracbd.com, and there you will find the highest quality CBD oil ever created on earth. This oil is unlike anything you will find on the market, period, in relation to CBD products. And the reason that is, is because the extraction method used to extract the CBD from the hemp is a proprietary method called the HIT extraction method. It was developed by a man that I know very well. His name's Howard Hitt also known as Big H, and he developed something so magical and so special in the ocean of CBD products that are out there with some of the chemically extracted CBD products that use chemicals, solvents, and gases. This is the only product that is like this. There's nothing else. This is the top tier of all CBD products. I'm not joking. This is not an exaggeration. Howard uses no chemicals, no solvents, no gases in the extraction process, his hit extraction method. It is 100% natural. It's 100% organic. The hemp used is 100% organic, Oregon-grown hemp. He has the King Cobra, which is the maximum strength, Little King Cobra, which is regular strength. And for animals, which is actually a huge hit right now, is Wild Thing. And you give that to your pets. It's CBD for pets. And we do have a discount code that gets you free shipping in the continental 48 United States, which is M-I-D-C-B-D. That's M-I-D-C-B-D. And that gets you free shipping, like I said, on any order in the continental 48 United States. It can be shipped internationally and to other places, but check your country's laws before talking to Howard about this. And he's available, totally available at his website, which is again, bluecobracbd.com. Everyone go there, use the code, get a bottle, report to me bluecobracbd.com. And when you're done with that, follow me on Instagram at midnight underscore on underscore earth. That is the address. You can go there, click on the follow button, Spotify, 
Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you go to get your podcasts, click that button that connects us so you know when people like Michael Amster are on the show and you know these topics are coming that you love. Click the button so you get that notification. And most importantly, of course, tell a friend, tell someone that you know that loves these type of podcasts. You know them well. They're your friends. They're your family. You know what they're into. And maybe it'll be like a Christmas present, like write it on a card. Merry Christmas. Here's something cool. Check out this podcast. Bring them here. Midnightonearth.com. Okay. So Michael Amster is just around the corner, but we're going to read his bio. So here we go. Michael Amster, MD, is a physician and awe researcher, writer, and teacher at the UC Berkeley Greater Good Science Center. With 20 years as a pain management specialist, he is currently the founding director of the pain management department at Santa Cruz Community Health. A practitioner of meditation for over 30 years, he is also a certified yoga and meditation teacher. He splits his time between clinical work, research on awe, teaching mindfulness, and leading awe-inspiring retreats around the world. And he's here with us right now. Michael Amster, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Jake. It's like such an honor to be here with you. I uh, really appreciate the work you're doing in the world. And I've been a follower of your podcast for a while and just so inspired by the, what you're doing out there in the world. So thank you for inviting me to be here today. Well, we're here and I love yeah. your energy. So we're going to have a great conversation. It's awesome that you're here. <laughs> so let's talk about this. Awesome. Okay, look, the power yeah. of awe. You and your friend Jake Eagle and also Hannah Eagle had a big contributing part in this book, The Power of Awe. You created a method to help people tap into that greater level of consciousness. It's like gratitude meets love meets all of these things, appreciation and just wonder. And it all comes together in this feeling of awe. And you develop this method to help people tap into that. So let's talk about this. How did this all begin? Yeah, that's a great question. So um, this work originated, um, you know, quite a while ago, Jake Eagle, who's my dear friend and co-author, he's been a mindfulness teacher and leads a spiritual community called Live Conscious. It's a, you can access it at liveconscious.com. And he was my, actually my mentor and um, he's been teaching uh, incredible work uh, around consciousness and the human potential movement for a number, I think about 30 years, 20 years. And um, it happened about four years ago, I was taking a class of his. And at that point we, we were, you know, more colleagues. I've been teaching mindfulness for about 10 years. I lead a meditation group as well. And Jake was leading this course called Thrilled to Be Alive. And part of the course, he asked people to do about 10 days, sorry, 10 hours a day of meditation. Sorry, 10 minutes a day. <laughs> hey, <laughs> like, 10, no, hours. 10 hours, things are going to happen. Yeah, <laughs> just 10 minutes. <laughs> 10 minutes a day of mindfulness and the experience of meditation. And, you know, we, he found, and, and as I have found leading a mindfulness group for many years is that people just don't have the time in our busy world and our lives to, to sit for even 10 minutes a day. So together we came up with this idea of like, what if we could discover the ideal short micro meditation practice? And like, what would that be? 
And so Jake lives in Hawaii. And back in 2019, I flew out to Hawaii a few times. And, you know, Hawaii is filled with extraordinary awe. Like all around you, there's like waterfalls and beautiful ocean and the sky. It's just awe everywhere you look. And it was actually this moment when I was in their kitchen making them pancakes for breakfast. And I, you know, we were, we were having these awe moments and experiencing all this extraordinary awe, but it, it all came together where we're like, wow, this is really about having awe moments in the ordinary. So there I was making pancakes. I poured the batter and I don't know about you, but usually when you pour batter, when you're making pancakes, you pour the batter, then you go across the kitchen and you're making orange juice or you're like cooking the sausage, but you never just sit there and watch pancakes cook. And I had this orgasmic moment <laughs> where I where I was watching these pancakes just turn from the liquid to a solid into the like this big puffy pancake and I was just like wow this is it this is this is what that micro moment you know meditation practice is about it's about experiencing moments of awe that are quite transcendent and just ordinary moments throughout our day you don't have to go to the grand canyon to experience awe you don't have to go to hawaii you can really have a transcendent moment of awe just doing the ordinary things that we do all day throughout our life. And that's really how the method came about. Because literally living in a human body in the third dimension, being able to be in the time stream in this moment is in itself like miracle beyond description and awesome beyond description. Exactly. I mean, that's how we start our, our book. That's the first uh, the introduction to our book. We have that that Einstein quote that that's exactly states that, Jake. He says, there are two ways to live. You can live as if nothing is a miracle or you can live as if everything is a miracle. The most beautiful thing we can experience is the mysterious. It is the source of all true art, all science. He to whom this emotion is a stranger who can no longer pause to wonder and stand wrapped in awe is as good as dead. His eyes are closed. Yeah. So, you know, awe, the power of awe, it's everywhere around us. It's just, it's, you can never run out of what to be in awe of. You know, I it's trust just, Albert Einstein too. I have a feeling he knows a few things. I, I, I could just say yeah. that. Definitely one of the smartest <laughs> men that ever lived. That is for sure. <laughs> so this technique, it actually heals people. And in your book, you talk about in a way it's like micro dosing mindfulness. Like you're trying to create a situation where you can receive the information and get yourself in a frequency that comes from these really big meditative experiences. Yeah, exactly. So when we both had these sort of transformative experiences with what we ended up calling the awe method, A-W-E. And it's, it's an acronym. It stands for the three steps of this very short practice. Um, Jake decided to run a, a pilot study with his a group of his patients. And I also did the same with about a dozen of my chronic pain patients. And we followed the patients um, after teaching them the awe method for 21 days. We measured their levels of depression, their levels of anxiety, their amount of chronic pain, um, and their levels of managing stress and well-being. And the results were transformative. It was like really impressive. And so then at that point, I took our initial data to Dacker Keltner, who he's really the granddaddy of awe. He is the person that started all this awe research back in 2003 um, and built the Greater Good Science Center, which is a phenomenal uh, 
institute that that studies positive psychology um, and is one of the leaders in this this movement around the world. So then from that, I, I share this data, the, our initial data with our pilot data with with uh, Professor Kellner, and he was just blown away. And he literally said to me in that moment, he said, Michael, this is the future of mindfulness. It's these micro practices that we can practice while on the go, while we're at a red light, while we're in line at the grocery store that are going to change the future of this planet and how we integrate mindfulness um, and reconnect to the the wonder and awe of life on earth. It's not about extraordinary awe. We can't all go to the Grand Canyon every day or go to Yosemite, but we can experience these profound moments of awe all throughout our day just by living our lives with consciousness and awareness. And it also seems like as we grow as humans and we become a higher frequency being just collectively, that time itself is speeding up. So we have to create these situations that we can manage within a very short time because time itself is moving so fast that it seems very intimidating for some people to practice these mindfulness techniques, these traditional ones that take so much time. Yeah, you're right. You know, you bring up a really good point. Um, and that's actually one of the things that really excited me when we were first dabbling in this work is that I noticed when I was practicing this awe method that time started to slow down and this my, my sense of time began to expand. And I talk about in the book, um, when we were doing this initial work, my daughter was a senior in high school and I only have one child and she was, and I was a single parent and, um, basically a full-time parent. And I was starting to really feel a lot of sadness and, and fear about her going off to college. She's my best friend and we're super tight. And I started to use the awe method when she was playing in her last final water polo season where I'd have these like really profound moments of awe while just watching these games. And I noticed that the game started to last longer and time started to dilate and expand. Now that was my subjective experience, but there's actually research that's been done around the emotion of awe that time does expand. People's perception of time um, begins to dilate. So um, what would normally be experience of let's say 30 seconds begins to become an experience of a minute, it almost sort of doubles our perception of time. Yeah. Which is really cool. I mean, it all, it's all based upon um, what is sort of like the frame rate of our experience of the moment. So normally let's say we have an experience of 200 frames a minute of, of, of like, of our brains processing, but when we're having an all moment, it, it doubles. So let's say that experience of being 400 frames in a minute. So we're getting double the amount of information of time. Um, so it dilates wow. instead of feeling contracted. That's amazing. Yeah. I know that totally makes sense because when you get back to the self, through these mindfulness meditations, whether it's something like the awe uh, method or something else, you get to a place that's outside of time. The self is outside of time because it's like connected to higher consciousness. It's connected to source. So you get to tap into that, which is outside of time, but can it get overwhelming for people? Like, like let's say they start utilizing this awe method. Can it get overwhelming for people to process that much information at once? Um, not, not what we've seen, you know, we've had over 500 participants in our studies that we've done, 
Um, we did sort of two large cohorts in terms of our research, and no one ever said that they became overwhelmed <laughs> by having these these uh, moments of awe. Um, it was never a complaint um, by any of the people that we've studied. And um, I mean, I think what happens is just that there's a richness that we connect to in life um, when we practice the awe method that um, for people that they, they sort of begin to wake up. Yes. In a way that they've never experienced life. You know, colors become brighter, sounds are richer, the sensations in our hands when we touch something or someone else, like holding someone's hand is, is heightened in a really profound, awakened way. It's, it's, it's not overwhelming and it's really comforting to experience that level of consciousness. Yeah. So what's really cool about our work, you know, which is unique in terms of, you know, studying consciousness and, and sort of some of these like new age ideas is that we've actually studied this with hundreds of patients um, and followed them and looked at the, the benefits of this practice and the results were really transformative. And so right now we're in the process of getting those papers published and they'll be out in 2023, which is really ah, exciting. So we're ahead of the curve yeah. here on on midnight on earth we're giving you tomorrow's news today this is yeah <laughs> hey this, exactly. i feel special about this um so okay so we'll talk about the science behind the method but let's tell people what the acronym means and then how you came to that kind of structure great yeah so when we had um, these moments of awe while we were in Hawaii, we decided to dissect out what was actually happening um, to the two of us. And um, it turned out, which is really, really cool, is that the word awe, A-W-E, is actually an acronym for the practice that we teach. So I'm not actually going to, um, I'm a little concerned about leading um, your listeners through the full practice because I, I know when I listen to podcasts, I'm actually in my car and I don't want someone <laughs> to kind of have this like orgasmic experience and then get in an accident, God forbid. Of course. So, uh, yeah, but I will, I will talk through it about what the steps are. And in sure. our book, um, we have 30 practices that are really transformative um, and that, that give people a deeper experience of awe. So I'll give you a little bit of a taste, um, but really the book go, goes into um, a depth of the practice on a much higher level. And our website at the also has a number of those practices that you can read on there as well. Um, but basically the acronym AWE, it stands for uh, the three words are um, attention. The A stands for attention. Uh, the W is weight. And then the E stands for um, exhale, like taking a deeper exhale and an expansion. So I'll share what the practice is. So A stands for attention. So what we ask you to do is to bring your full undivided attention to something that you appreciate, you value, or find amazing. So, you know, in the space that you're in right now, Jake, probably in your studio, you can you can find something that you, you know, value, appreciate, or find amazing. You know, look at looking at your microphone, like how how is it that we can talk into something and then it you know, basically is interpreted by the technology into a bunch of ones and zeros, I know. which then records into the, you know, on your screen. Like that is just like, it's so amazing. Like that's mindless. Like mind blowing. Like how this technology works. And here we are having a conversation. I don't even know where in the world you are. I'm, Portland, I'm, Oregon. In I'm in Portland, Oregon. I'm in Portland, Oregon. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But like instantaneously, we're like having this live conversation, know. you know, and who, who would have ever imagined this possible 50 years ago. <laughs> so, so that's what you bring your attention to is just something you value, appreciate and find amazing and really, really bring your full undivided attention. 
And I know as a mindfulness teacher of many years, you know, people struggled about sitting for 10 minutes. And I understand that. Like our minds are always like, our attention is all over the place, but I assure you, you can bring your attention to one thing for just five seconds. Like we can all do that. Even if we have a monkey racing mind. <laughs> and then the W is a wait. It's just a pause. It's like allowing us to be fully present to that thing that we're bringing our full attention to. I think of it almost as like a brief marination. We're letting our, our body, our mind marinate in that full experience of that full attention. And it's just a cycle of a breath. And then the E is taking a longer exhale. And when we take a longer exhale, we're simulating the vagus nerve. And the vagus nerve, which we'll probably talk a little bit more about later, is is the master uh, part of the autonomic nervous system, which brings us to the parasympathetic state that rests, digests, the healing state, the real relaxation state of deep deepening healing that we allow to happen. And then the E is that expansion. And we want to let that moment really fill us up. You can imagine it just filling up your physical body and even getting bigger than our body and getting expanding outside of our physical frame. Um, and you know, when you have those moments of awe where you get those tingles and chills in your body, Yes. right? It's because it's expanding. It's getting bigger. It's like ready to escape our physical form. Um, yeah. So that's, that's the practice in a nutshell, but um, what we did in our study is we taught people this brief technique that really can take, 15 seconds to do. And we asked them to practice it just three times a day and to, um, to sort of tie in those all movements to habits that we were already doing in our day. So it might be, let's say when you first wake up in the morning to let's say tie, uh, you know, a moment of awe to making your first cup of tea or coffee or brushing your teeth and then to have an all moment in the middle of the day and then an all moment towards the end of the day. And we asked people to do that for 21 days and we follow them with daily surveys and, and found just phenomenal results in terms of improvement of mental health, physical health. Um, and one really cool thing about this is that the more you dose the awe, the more improvement you have. It's like there's a dose effect. This is the microdosing that we right. talked about. Interesting. And so in your book, you talk about some of the direct effects of the awe method that you found on the participants. You talked about it just a second ago, but can you go into a little bit more detail? We talked about it decreases interleukin six and it also changes neural pathways in the brain. There's a lot that you found that it does on a very scientific level. Can you, can you expand on that? Sure. Yeah. I'd love to share about that. So I want to, um, you know, first distinguish between our research that we did, um, and then other people's research, um, that people have done before us that have sort of set the stage of understanding awe as um, the most powerful of all positive emotions. So I'd like to talk a little bit about our research first. So okay. when the pandemic, <laughs> the pandemic hit, you know, Jake and I were scratching our heads, um, you know, when we were all sheltering in place, you know, how can we help people? What can we do to like really make a difference out there in the world in the midst of like what was going on? And so we came up with the idea of, you know, teaching the awe method in a 21 day program. And um, with our help of our team at UC Berkeley with Dakar Keltner, we were part of his lab. We recruited um, about 350 primary care patients and over 200 healthcare professionals that were on the front lines you know, really stressed out, struggling um, with burnout uh, during the pandemic. And so we started our study in June of 2020. 
Yeah, to June of 2020. So if you can, you know, take yourself back to that time, you know, that was when there was like racial tension going on in our country with all the kind of riots happening. You know, we were sheltering in place, people were unemployed. There was just a lot of, you know, it was a very stressful time. We didn't know when the vaccine was going to come out, if ever. Like, you know, people just didn't know what was going to happen with the pandemic. So we started our study at that moment when, um, you know, over half the country was falling into depression. It was a really, really tough time for everybody. And so we taught this 21-day program of the AWE method, and we measured um, different, you know, mental health and physical health metrics. And, you know, after data analysis showed really profound statistical significance of our data. So I'll just go into that right now and share some of of our data. Yeah. So um, our most impressive data was around the mental health piece, which, of course, is like one of the biggest impacts of the pandemic. Um, we saw a 35% reduction in depression symptoms um, and with the doctors and nurses and a 36% reduction with the general population, which if you think about this, this is actually at, in, in a, at a higher level of benefit than some of the, the medications that are out there on the market for depression, right? Like, yes. you know, the serotonin reuptake inhibitors like Prozac, like this is this exceeds some of these medications that are routinely used for depressed patients. Um, it's like really impressive data. In fact, some of the population got to a point where they were no longer even measurable on the depression index. That's how beneficial this practice was. And then um, we also looked at anxiety and saw about a 25% reduction in anxiety in the general population, 21% reduction of anxiety with the doctors and the nurses. Uh, we saw a decrease in burnout with the doctors and nurses. Um, we measured, we looked after our data analysis. There were other studies that have been done with burnout, teaching doctors mindfulness practices like transcendental meditation. And our practice was twice as effective as any other study we found out there at improving burnout with doctors and nurses. Um, and we saw an 18% um, decrease in uh, stress symptoms and an improvement of about the same amount uh, with overall well-being and another big area we looked at was loneliness. If you think about like how lonely people felt when they were sheltering in place, you know, this is one of the really interesting things about the motion of awe is that you can be sheltering in place in your home alone and you, you, you can feel less lonely. You don't, you're not necessarily with other people when you have an awe moment, but you connect to something greater than the self. You connect to what I know this really excites you, you know, around your work here on your podcast, but you connect to something on a universal level. Right, you're connecting to the vastness of all, all life of of the universe, of the creative force of you know God or consciousness. Uh, when you have a moment of awe, so we also saw about a 15 percent decrease of people's experience of subjective loneliness in the healthcare population. Um, yeah, so that's all huge. Cool it's all is, really huge. Yeah, it is huge, and we talk about this in our book. We we begin actually the book talking about our study, and um, we have conversations about our data and how it compares to other people's research, and why why our research is really a big deal um, and profound for this method. And it's really nice to know, you know, that there's there is science behind it that that does show that it works. And then with other people's research around awe. Uh, there's been, um, you know, a plethora of awe research that all started back in about 2003, um, and uh, we know we know that um, awe works really kind of on four different levels um, in terms of uh, the nervous system and our body's physiology in terms of like on the micro level. Um, so other people's studies have shown that 
awe impacts the autonomic nervous system in a very beneficial way. So uh, it increases what's called vagal tone. So we were talking about that kind of that deep exhalation stimulates the vagus nerve and that activates the parasympathetic that rest and digest state of the nervous system. And it decreases activation of the sympathetic, which is the fight or flight. It's that sense of like when your heart starts to race, when you're worried or anxious about something. I just want to add there uh, that it seems that it also connects you to, like you said, something bigger, but there's a greater source of power. And when you tap into that, it heals you. That, that original energy, that source energy that's powering us, that self energy is a healing energy. Definitely. You know, one of the things that the awe, the emotion of awe does and why it's so powerful is that it um, it takes us away from kind of that self-absorbed state where it's like the the me, myself and I state and it, it lowers our, our sense of ego and self and it makes us feel connected to um, a vastness to whether you want to call it like a universal consciousness or God or like the fullness of humanity or life on earth. Um and when it does that, we also see that there's other benefits of the motion of awe from a psychological perspective. It's what's it's awe is considered what's called a pro-social emotion. And what pro-social means is that it is an emotion that evokes all these positive benefits. It makes us more generous. You know, there's studies that have been done looking at awe where people that were exposed to a moment of awe were more generous to strangers and to give, you know, to strangers more generously. Um, it makes our, our um, views of the world more open-minded. Like we're willing to look at other people's ideas. We're less fixed to our ideas um, politically. Um, and we're willing to look at how other people see the world. And we're also more compassionate and a lot more gratitude. So there's just like a lot of things that awe, like, taps into that benefits our nervous system it in a very like positive way. It's expanding the heart, like expanding the heart chakra, like all those things you talked about. It, it seems like that's all heart consciousness. Yeah, exactly. It, it, it taps into um, a, a level of connected heart between, you know, humans and humans with other conscious sentient beings on the planet. Like, it, you know, we, we talk about this in the, in the end of our book and we'll probably tap in this more towards the end of our podcast today, but you know, Jake and I are very mission driven. We didn't set out to write a book. We didn't do this research to like build a brand or to come up with um, a whole business model. Like this is really all organically done. It's, I really, I like Jake, how you talk about in your introduction of uh, your first podcast about people you know, tapping into like what we're meant to do on this planet and, you know, our sense of purpose on a sort of divine level. And I think this, this research and this work was, was really from an, an egoless state. It was just like, we just wanted to serve humanity. We, you talk about this as well, about serving humanity and serving the universe or the world. And it just came from a very organic place where we wanted to make a difference in the pandemic. We saw this opportunity to teach this methodology to people that were suffering. We saw a profound improvement in people's lives. And then from that, we were told by our, our mentor, Dr. Keltner at Berkeley, he's like, you guys need to write a book. Um, and we, you know, we put a proposal out there, a bunch of, I think we had like six publishers that were interested in our book and they bid on it. We had an auction and, <laughs> and you know, then came this book. Hey, behind the scenes, people. This is behind the scenes. Yeah, it's kind of incredible. You know, like I... <laughs> 
I I thought it'd be fun to write a book one day, but, you know, I wasn't attached to this in terms of my life experience. And then, you know, here we are with this like really beautiful cover. It's awesome. The book's awesome. Yeah, it's a, it's an awesome book. And it, um, it, it, it's just phenomenal to have gone through this whole experience with the Jake who's, you know, I know you're just interviewing me today, but he's a, he's a really phenomenal human. I mean, he's just one of a kind, just such a all heart, like awakened conscious man. Well, uh, when I found that people named Jake are usually really cool. I, I could be biased. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah. You guys are definitely really <laughs> cool. <laughs> this awe consciousness, this awe experience, this has roots in traditional native cultures. And you, in your book, you talked about how an Inuit elder prescribed awe. Yeah. Um, I want to, I, I love to read about that. Um, we might need a <laughs> no, it's second. fine. We can, we can edit this part line. out. I, I can't. I personally, I, you know, I read the book right before our previous scheduled, so I can't re- uh, interview. So I can't remember exactly where it was. I it's in my notes, and I thought that was so cool because it was. Uh, yeah, um, I think it's right. I think it's in chapter. Um, it's in chapter two. I'm pretty sure. Hold on a second. Yeah, it's just, it's from Jane Goodall's book. Okay, actually. yes. Okay. Yeah. And so um, awe, it seems awe has been a part of the human experience and understanding awe and tapping into the healing aspects of awe. It's been around the human experience since the beginning, it seems like. Yeah, definitely. Um, we, we talk about this in our book about how, you know, human evolution and, and our consciousness really... Um, evolved with awe. And if you think about how important the emotion is, it's, it's part of our survival mechanism. You know, we're, we're a tribal people. And so having moments of awe, like connect us, um, to each other. Like, you know, when we share awe with other people, um, it inspires awe within us. And also think about like, if, if you go up to a, a mountain peak, and you look out at that vista, you know, that was the safest place for people to be was up, up high in terms of like protecting themselves. And so there's something in our, our natural wiring that really inspires us to have moments of awe. Um, we also talk about in our book, we share a story that's from um, Jane Goodall's recent book um, about how an Inuit elder um, um, advises um, a woman um, to go out and find awe and joy every day, um, you know, for healing. And if we all think about it, you know, when we go to awe-inspiring places out in nature, um, we feel connected to that vastness, to to the universe, to God or to consciousness. Um, and time in nature is very healing, um, as I'm sure, you know, all the listeners can relate to. Oh, definitely. And it's really those natural experiences and being in nature it seems where you can tap into all the most. Now, what you're saying is you can tap into all anywhere, like anywhere, anytime you can find that. However, if you're in deep nature and you think about all of the energy and the life and the time it took for all of these beings, these trees to come into form for you to sit on that bench and look at all that, it's, it's very powerful. And you can really, really dial into that frequency when you're in those deep nature experiences. Oh, exactly. And it's, and it doesn't need to be an extraordinary view or, you know, something on the scale of, of Yosemite. It can be like in your local park. Exactly. Um, 
Yeah. I mean, just looking at a leaf of a tree uh, and noticing the veination patterns can be an awe-inspiring. Um, you know, I, I had this moment recently where I, I, I lived near the beach and I was like, I put my hand down into the sand and I looked at the sand closely and I thought about how every little granule of sand has a story behind it. You know, how it got there to be on this planet. Because sand is made up of not just um, inorganic material, you know, like rocks, but it's also made up of shells and it's made up of bones and coral and all these other pieces and organisms that have, you know, had their own life story, had their own way of getting there. I mean, it's just phenomenal, like how we can be so awe-inspired by just the most ordinary mundane things um, on the planet. Well, if you just think about- it's endless. Yes. And if you just think about how much energy it takes for each moment to manifest wherever you are, if you're in your office, if you're in your car and just all of the energy that took that moment to be real is just also awe inducing, you could say. Oh, it is. You know, um, People have asked me, you know, we've been practicing now this practice for about four years. And they said, well, you ever get bored of it? You know, and how do you kind of, how do you keep it going and alive? And I, and I say, you know, what's beautiful about this practice is it's, it's like, really, it is. It's like an onion where you just kind of peel off layer after layer after layer. And there's a deepening that's, that happens. And what we were just talking about, you know, thinking about like where the origin of all this stuff is that's around us and how the story is behind everything. I mean, to me, like that is just the most infinite, endless story of awe. You know, the, the, the story of our planet that we are blessed to live on that's 4 billion years old and the circumstances that created it. And then, you know, even just to what's all here today, it's just so <laughs> mind-boggling and awe-inspiring that you just cannot have orgasmic moments all throughout your day. Exactly. be so thrilled to be alive. And we're hardwired, I would say, to not really process that because it takes conscious thinking to put ourselves in that dimension and that frequency to see all that because there's so much information and energy there. It seems like we're genetically hardwired to just kind of, you know, survive, do the next thing. But if you can consciously with your spiritual mind kind of take control of that and focus on the moment, that's when all of that unlocks. You know, it's interesting how you, you bring that up. You know, I, I kind of wonder about, you know, how are we hardwired? Um, I, I think what, I think we've lost maybe conditions. Um, <laughs> I think we've lost our sense of, I think what we know this from other people's research in the awe, awe field that, that we are in an awe starved culture. Um, mm. The average American has less than one experience of awe in a week, which is really sad, you know, to oh. think about that. And then what are the health implications? Because, you know, we know from other people's research as well as ours, that there's all this huge benefit in terms of um, how awe impacts both our physical and mental health in a beneficial way and how important it is of an emotion. <clears throat> so I think we're, I think our, our imbalance of our lives with so much emphasis on technology and being distracted from that genuine sense of wonder and curiosity of the world um, has taken us to where we are. But I, I'm not, I think we are wired um, to, to really tap into awe and to live in awe if, if we cultivate it. And we think of it in our work and we talk about it in our book is building an awe muscle. You know, having a practice that we commit to a 21-day practice 
we guide that in our book about how to build your awe muscle so that it becomes spontaneous, so that you have awe moments spontaneously. You don't need to use the, the structured awe method anymore. You can have awe moments that just naturally bubble and arise. And that's where I'm at. I mean, I, I must have hundreds of moments of awe throughout my day. It's just it's just a spontaneous experience um, of, of awe, of seeing the world uh, through the lens of awe and wonder. So would you say then that awe is our natural state and then the survival, the paradigms, the our mode of existence kind of crunches us down into that mode. And then, but being in the awe, the bliss, seeing everything as it truly is, is actually our natural state. Well, I mean, it's, you bring up a really, it's a bigger question and an interesting <laughs> question. Um, yeah. You know, we talk about, um, so here's one thing that's really unique and special about the emotion of awe is that, you know, if you, if you think about when you've you know gone through some hard times and you're feeling stressed or depressed you know you can't force yourself to be happy when you're really depressed like it, you know when you're in that really dark place you know ha- making yourself be happy feels fake and it's not genuine but you can be in a sad place you can you can be experiencing loss and sadness and still experience awe that's what's really unique about awe's emotion is that you can be going through tough times in your life and awe is still accessible it's always there you don't you can have a moment of awe when things are going bad in your life you can be in awe when you turn on the tv and you're you're watching you know the war going on in Ukraine and, and, you know, feeling that sense of compassion for other people, you know, that, that evokes a state of awe within ourselves. Um, we have, we talk about, we share a story in the book written uh, by um, Victor Frankl. And I'm, I'm sure, you know, Victor Frankl, he was one of the most, you know, seminal writers of the last century. He was a, he was a psychiatrist who was a, um, a colleague of, of Freud. And he ended up going through the the Holocaust and was survived Auschwitz. And he talks about like after the Nazis cleared out Auschwitz, they, um, they were on a death walk basically, you know, through Bavaria, um, and he talked about how these people were in these, you know, they're in their death camp uniforms and they're looking out at the mountains of the Bavaria mountains and like having these moments of awe while like still being imp- basically imprisoned uh, and prisoners of the Nazis. So awe is really it's an it's emotion that's accessible at any time, whether we're like, you know, celebrating the holidays with our family or, you know, mourning the loss of a parent or, you know, facing a cancer diagnosis. Like we can access awe at any time. We talk about in our book, we have we have people participating in our study that were going through cancer. <clears throat> um and how they used moments of awe to and the awe method to really um to heal and to transform those experiences of, of loneliness and sadness into something that was, you know, positive and um, healing for them. And which in turn heals their physical body. Like they're dealing with these ailments like cancer. And if their attitude is in the right place, their energy is in the right place. It allows for better healing. Yeah, exactly. So we know that awe is emotion, um, you know, on a cellular level has some really profound benefits. Um, I already had talked about how it impacts the autonomic nervous system in a beneficial way of that fight or flight state. But also we know that it lowers inflammatory cytokines. Um, it is actually the only um, positive emotion that we know through blood studies that lower um inflammatory cytokines, like namely the big bad boy is interleukin-6, which is responsible for, you know, inflammation that results in heart disease and cancer and diabetes. Um, Awe as an emotion um, lowers these threat um, inflammatory 
what are called cytokines. They're basically protein molecules that communicate between different cells. And when you have moments of awe, those levels of inflammation lower significantly in the body, um, which is really phenomenal because so many, so many chronic illnesses we now understand are related to inflammation. Yeah. I mean, you know, most disease. It, you say. Yeah. I mean, not just diabetes and, and heart disease and cancer, but even mental illness is related to inflammation, uh, brain inflammation in the brain. So th- this practice lowers inflammation all throughout the, the brain and the body. Um, and we also know that moments of awe increase oxytocin, which is the trust in the bonding hormone, um, which is really uh, amazing as well. And then um, on the fourth um, level, in terms of how it works um, in the body and the nervous system, is that awe through brain studies, scanning people's brains while they're having moments of awe, lowers uh, what's called the default mode network of the part of the brain that is that rumination part um, that is very self-absorbed, kind of that monkey mind that just like focuses on the self all the time. (laughs) That's amazing. You know, and in your book, you also say awe is a neuronal lubricant. Like it's like getting things flowing in your brain and in that energy sphere. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, I think it's a good time now. We could just talk a little bit about you know, sort of, I think, sort of some of the backstory and, and our sure. model of, of why we think this is so important. And, you know, it ties into our level of consciousness. Um, and I know we've been talking about consciousness um, already in this podcast. And so this is really Jake's work um, that him and his wife have been doing for, you know, 30 years and from their mentors as well. They've been studying, you know, consciousness and the human potential movement. And this is sort of, J- this is Jake's model, which basically is that there's three levels of consciousness. Um and consciousness is the state of mind that we're in. So most of the time we're living in what he calls safety consciousness. And that's the, the state of consciousness we're in on a regular daily basis when we're at work or we're like at home, you know, making pancakes or we're, you know, taking care of our children or paying the bills or whatever. Um, it's like that productive state, but it's also the state when we worry and we're anxious and we're very self-absorbed as well. And if you think about, like, I'll give an example, but okay. if let's say you're driving your car and someone cuts you off and you're in that kind of everyday safe level of safety consciousness, you know, you, you might flip that person off if you're kind of been agitated or yell at them or react to them in a certain way. But if we're on a like more heightened level of consciousness, um, and there's two levels that I'm going to talk about now, the next higher level up is what Jay calls heart consciousness. And that's that state of consciousness we're in when we feel gratitude and, uh, you know, appreciation for something or someone. Um, you know, if right now as I'm talking, you know, think about someone that you're grateful for and appreciate. You know, I just thought about my daughter and you can instantaneously hear how my voice changed. Like my tone of my voice has slowed down. I'm talking a little bit more, you know, reflective and more warmly. Um, and when we when we begin to think about what we're appreciative of, we're in a new space, like a new level of consciousness already instantaneously. And if I bring up that example of someone cutting me off, you know, if I'm in a state of heart consciousness, I might be like, yo, bro, like, peace <laughs> to you, you know, I, I wish you well on your journey. You know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to flip them off. I'm not going to contribute to road rage. I'll, I'll be in a place of, you know, of just more like open heartedness and wanting to spread goodwill out there. And then the next level, the highest level of consciousness is what we call spacious consciousness. And that's where the the emotion of awe lies in. And I think of spaciousness as that it's that state that's timeless. There's no words that we have to describe it. 
it's I think what the Buddha and I've studied a lot of Buddhism over many years. I think it's what the Buddha considered to be nirvana. It's that state where um, we experience timelessness, our sense of ego of self dissolves. Um, we have pure presence. Um, there's no like chatter of voice in the head. Um, we just feel open and expansive to like the universal consciousness, like the sense of self dissolves and we're part of something vast. And, and I think that's, you know, we, we think about how the moment of when you have moments of awe and use the awe method, it takes you to the highest level of consciousness, to that spacious consciousness for just a moment, because we can't live in spaciousness all the time. We can't we can't pay our bills and 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 you know do our jobs. I can't be in surgery and be in awe, you know in awe spacious consciousness all the time. Like I just can't function. It's a place we visit, but we don't stay there. Like Nirvana is a place that we go to temporarily, but then we come back to like our normal sure. level of safety consciousness. But the beauty is is that when you have these moments of awe, that's just neuronal lubricant. It starts to we call it backwash, but it just, it's, it trickles down. And so then when you're in your safety consciousness moments of your, of your daily life, you, you, you have like the, the kind of constant feeling of awe, of wonder, of that spaciousness that just permeates your safety consciousness. So we think of it as like, what ends up happening is when you're in safety consciousness and you're, you're living your normal daily life, you have this experience of what we call metacognition. It's like, that experience where you know you you become the observer of of you of your living your life like you you're doing your normal stuff but you're almost one step removed where you almost like are stepped back and you're looking back and you're seeing how you're responding to everything and how you're reacting throughout your daily life you have just this heightened level of consciousness that that, it, that you can bring into safety consciousness all day long Yes, the metacognition. I love that word. Oh my goodness. I've never heard that before. That's absolutely true. And that happens in people's deep psychedelic experiences as well. They go into metaconsciousness and they can bring that back. And I like what you said. When you go there in those moments, it affects those two lower levels of consciousness. And even when you're in the heart place, you're in a higher place. But if any of that information can trickle down and affect your safety consciousness, that's a good thing. It's a reprogramming almost. Exactly. You know, this is where the ultimate freedom lies is when we have that, that space between stimulus and response. Yeah, I don't know if you know that, that kind of famous quote by Viktor Frankl. I just talked about him, the, the survivor of Auschwitz. He wrote the book, Man's Search for Meaning, which is considered one of the greatest like, you know, writings of the 20th century. But there's this quote attributed to him that says, between stimulus and response, there is a space. <laughs> And in that space is our power to choose our response. And in our response lies our growth and our freedom. And I think what the awe method does and, you know, cultivating this practice is that it creates more spaciousness in our lives. So we ultimately have more freedom. And when you live in awe, when you see the world through the lens of awe, I really believe that we we live in that sense of, you know, that nirvana or of, of heaven on earth, whatever you want to call it. But you have the freedom to really choose like how you want to be and live in this world. You have the freedom to to choose your identity because your sense of self shrinks away and you're part of this vastness or universal consciousness. That's one of the things that, you know, from a scientific standpoint, when they started to study the emotion of awe, there's two ways they 
there's two aspects or parts of the definition of awe. And one of them is what's called perceptual vastness. So when you have a moment of awe, if you think of like going to Yosemite or the Grand Canyon, you know, you experience that vastness, but it's not just external vastness. It's it's internal vastness as well. It's it's that we begin to experience that ourself is something much greater than the small ego that we normally feel stuck and identified by. And when we cultivate awe many, many times throughout the day, we start to tap into this deeper level of freedom and consciousness that is available and that we could say is our birthright to have on earth. Wow. Wow. That's incredible. And that's so huge. That was blowing me away while you were saying that because it, inc- it trains our consciousness the witness, right? That the person that's in the machine, the physical, the physical bio machine, whatever this body is, it trains that self to give more space between stimulus and response. And that's so huge because that's kind of a lot of, uh, the reason we have problems on earth is because so many people react to a situation based on stimuli versus responding. And if you can increase that space, it allows you to take more time, you could say, to make the correct choice, to make the conscious choice. That's super powerful. Yeah, exactly. You know, that's, that is really the backbone of modern psychotherapy. If you think about it, it's that stimulus response model. That's why people, you know, go to a therapist and do cognitive behavioral therapy so that you can become conscious and aware and notice that space between stimulus and response. So let's say that you don't, you know, snap at your spouse when they don't, you come home from work and the dishes aren't clean and you're angry and you don't like blow up at them. Yeah. Right. But if you think about that example, I mean, that's a really real, real example for a lot of people. Like sure. they are on that, that, that hamster wheel, so to speak of, you know, stimulus response. And that's why we teach mindfulness practices is to, is to notice that space between stimulus and response. But the problem with your everyday like Buddhist practice, and I'm not I'm not criticizing, you know, Vipassana or, you know, Theravada Buddhism or Mahayana or Zen or all these practices or yogic practices. But I think that a lot of them are really hard for people to to cultivate and build a, a sustained practice because they take a lot of effort. They take you to um, you know, to set aside time to be in a particular posture or a particular practice. And the beautiful part about the awe method is that it can be done anywhere, anytime, at any place. I mean, I do it at red lights. You can do it while line at the grocery store, when you're going through the TSA line at the airport and you're fearful you're going to miss your flight, you know, <laughs> access the awe method and it will radically change your, you know, you can find awe while in the line at the airport going through a TSA checkpoint. I mean, there's so much awe to be seen and just witnessing other people and how they react and behave. I mean, there's awe in that. Um, and the, there's the beautiful part about this practice is you get instant reward. You know, when I when I when I would teach mindfulness practices to many of my students, you know, they struggled and then they would beat themselves up and they would feel like they're a failure. And what's nice about this practice is it takes 15 seconds to do, and you can feel the benefits immediately. Um, and it's a it and it's a self-generated practice. The more you do it, the more you want to do it, the more you build your awe muscle. And it's something that you can share with other people. Like awe begets more awe. It's a wonderful conversation piece. Like one thing I do with and my family is we sit around at the dinner table and we share an awe moment of the day. Oh, and God. that's beautiful. When you, yeah. 
it is beautiful. I mean, we do, you know, a little gratitude blessing for the food, but if you share a moment of awe with your partner, like what was your awe moment today? You know, and you hear what was that moment for them, it inspires awe within yourself. And actually on our website, thepowerofawe.com, we have what we call moments of awe page. And it's um, it's really cool. It's sort of like the background that I'm witnessing on you, you with the stars twinkling. <laughs> you, can, you can post a picture or some words, and then it floats up into space, and there's a stacking of people's moments of awe. And you can read other people's moments of awe or, or look uh. at their photos of awe and then get inspired you know, by their awe. I mean, that's one of the beautiful things about this emotion is that my awe can inspire your awe and your awe inspires my awe. And we just sort of build on each other's awe. Which expands the whole collective experience. Well, the biggest thing too is that this is natural, right? You were talking about SSRIs earlier in the podcast. This is a natural method. This alleviates, it's proven, and we know the report's coming out in 2023, but it's proven to relieve symptoms of depression, chronic pain, other symptoms, long haul COVID, heart failure, it's potential help for. There's all these very real situations that this natural method can help with because I really feel like a lot of these prescription drugs are causing more damage than they're helping with. Like they, they might help in the short term, but they're causing significant physical damage. And this is something far, far superior. And we have to deal with these things in a constructive way. They're natural mental health realities. This is part of life on earth. And we can't just drug ourselves out of the situation. So thankfully through inspiration, we're getting methods like this. Yeah, you're right. Um, you know, there is definitely a place and a time for pharmaceuticals. Um, it's not that all of them are bad or anything, but when it comes down, to, particularly around mental health stuff with anxiety and depression, the, the medications that are available and the side effects that they have, um, it, it's it's really, it, and how people's bodies get um, dependent upon them. Like it's often very hard for people to get off of the serotonin reuptake inhibitors. Their brain chemistry changes long-term. So what's beautiful about this, this is a natural, you know, self-induced state. Of, of microdosing of um, awe, which, which we know. <laughs> I love that term, has. microdosing mindfulness, microdosing awe. It's so cool. Yeah. Well, it's funny. We actually were considering initially our book title was microdosing mindfulness, and <laughs> we have that we have that URL. I think I think it probably goes to the power of awe site, but but we didn't want. Um, you know, people to think that the book was necessarily about psychedelics. There you um, go. Yeah, people get confused easily. Right. <laughs> exactly, because because uh, we we are, we're basically teaching people how to experience the, the those uh, psychedelic like experiences um, uh, without having to use a psychedelic per se. But um, I would I would definitely say that that having an on all moment is very similar to let's say you know microdosing on on mushrooms or right. of other uh, type of psychedelics. Something yeah. that raises your serotonin, elevates mood elevates your heart consciousness, all of those things. This can all happen naturally, which all of the great teachers of human history, these ascended masters or these spiritual teachers, they all kind of say the same thing that you can tap into this. You can do this naturally. All of these things. Yeah. Well, like, like we've been sharing today, you know, this is, I, I, I think that we are really wired to experience awe. It's just that we, um, 
we've lost that in our modern world. Like we just are so disconnected from nature. We were talking about earlier how how nature um, is sort of the original source of awe for all of us. Um, you know, yes. like the great writers like Walt Whitman. You know, they're all talking about how nature is is the source of awe and of mystery and wonder uh, of life on Earth. And we are definitely um, in much need more than ever to reconnect to that 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 natural state. You know, we 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 end our book with really a call to action because if you think about where we are right now on the planet with so much divisiveness, you know, the political strife, you know, people over-identifying with their identity of being Republican or conservative, a liberal, Democrat, whatever. Um <clears throat> And also looking at what's going on on the planet in terms of the environment, when we cultivate a really deep sense of awe and wonder of life on this planet, of each other, we can't harm this planet, right? When you're in awe of Earth and all of its abundant beauty and of all the different diversity of creatures and of all the different ecosystems and organisms and the, and the natural world, like how you don't want to you know, go in and, and, and blow it up and destroy it and rape and pillage it. Because you you care deeply about it, right? And the same thing about other humans. Like when you have awe and wonder of other humans, like you appreciate diversity of different beliefs and cultures of how people see the world, how they view God or consciousness. And you don't want to go kill them. You don't want to go, you know, shoot your neighbor because they speak a little bit of a different language or they view a different or they have a different name for God or consciousness or or the universe or whatever. Um, This we believe, you know, it's 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 not the solution for everything on this planet, but it's a big part of what's missing is that we need to elevate our level of consciousness. We got to get out of safety consciousness and in that place of awe of spaciousness or in heart consciousness is when we begin, we can start to see the world differently and we can solve these big problems and that heightened level of consciousness. Yes, it seems And that's what we desperately need. Yes, it seems to raise our vibration just in general. We're like, we're all of those fear things, the things that you were talking about that keep us in a dense vibration, this awe experience, whether it's with your technique or just experiencing it, it raises your vibration. Now your technique actually dials it in and makes it really palatable. But either way, it's just, it's, it's making us better. And in your book, you talk about the three types of awe. You talked about the three levels of consciousness. Can you tell us briefly, what are the three types of awe? Yeah, that's great question. So, um, we, we came up with this idea that there's sort of three categories of awe really as a teaching method to help people be able to sort of understand like what different types of awe they're having. So we say that awe happens on, um, First of all, I just talk about what we call the awe spectrum. So, okay, because I think it's important for people to understand because someone might try this, read our book, and they might try the technique, and they'll be like, "Wow, you know, I'm feeling a little bit of something, but I'm not having that orgasmic moment that Michael talks about when he made pancakes." You know, and we talk about the spectrum of awe, where awe can happen on one side of the spectrum, which is sort of that subtle. Um, experience of awe where like maybe your, your, your sense of how you see colors shifts a little bit, or you feel maybe a little um, heightened awareness or sounds are a little richer, or you feel a little bit more awake or you're sending more erect all the way on the spectrum to what we call orgasmic, where you get like the full body tingles and chills. And you might even start to cry because you have just so touched by that moment of awe. So Anywhere on that spectrum is a moment of awe. You don't have to have an orgasm to have <laughs> awe. It can be it can be like a subtle just shift of your awareness and consciousness. That also is a moment of awe. And you have health benefits 
no matter what level or gradient of awe, it doesn't really matter. I don't have orgasms every day. I mean, it's, it's like, that's not the sustainable practice. It's all about having the kind of the ordinary, you know, daily, just brief moments of awe. So we talk about three types of awe, and this really just a way of categorizing awe so people can kind of like see what category they're having. Um, so when we teach the 21-day program in our book, we ask people to start off with what we call sensorial awe, and that's awe of the senses. And that's most easily experienced by going out in nature, right? So using your eyes, you know, visually experiencing awe. Like right now, I'm, I live in Santa Cruz, California, and there's right outside my office window here, there's a redwood tree. Like literally, I can almost touch it. It's oh right my there. God, you're so lucky. <laughs> outside my window, there's this redwood. And the you know, and I'm, I'm just sensing right now, I'm watching the light filter through the redwoods and, you know, that I'm having this awe experience of, of seeing this light that traveled from the sun millions of miles away. I think it takes eight minutes to reach the earth. And like, here it is now filtering through these trees. And then the tree takes that and makes oxygen from carbon dioxide. Like, I mean, how inspiring that is right now, you know, and it's happening. That's why we can breathe because these trees do this for us. Um, so Awe of the senses, that's that's probably the easiest way to access awe is through the senses, right? You know, listening to beautiful music, you know, touching the fur of our dog or our cat, um, holding our partner's hand, tasting food, smelling, you know, when you go into a coffee shop, you know, those are all ways of, of having awe of the senses. The next type of awe is what we call interconnected awe. And that's awe that we experience with other sentient beings on the planet, right? So we can have an all moment connecting with our our children or our partners or our parents or friends, you know, in conversation and giving them a hug um, in, in, in just connecting in some type of uh, deeper, intimate way, conscious way. Um, we can have awe with our pets as well. You know, our pets can be just tremendous generators of awe. I was, I have an Australian shepherd and, um, <laughs> she's, she's like shedding right now or kind of molting. I don't know what to call it. We were on a walk and, and I was just like, pulling out globs of fur and just like an awe of like this whole like shedding experience that these pets that my pet goes through like twice a year, like really cool. Um, you know, that's like an interconnected moment between me and, and the dog's name is Pele, uh, which is the name of the volcano, you know, the volcano yes. goddess or the fire goddess of Hawaii. Um, and then the final, the third category of awe is what we call conceptual awe. And that's, and actually we, I just shared a conceptual awe. That's, that's that moment of thinking about like how the, the, the sun is like a nuclear reactor that creates all this energy, <laughs> a fusion reactor, and then it sends all these electrons and photons to earth. And then those photons create warmth and, and all life on earth is dependent upon our relationship with the sun. You know, and like how amazing it is where Earth is situated in our orbit. Oh, yeah. If we were any closer or any farther away, we would have no life on this planet. It wouldn't be sustainable. You know, it's like I had this the, William Shatner, as we all know, like he went up to, <clears throat> I think, on, on the SpaceX rocket. Yes. And there was actually something in the news today about him and just like how 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 sad he is because it it that moment gave him so much awe of the earth and like how his career was all about, you know, the final frontier of space. And he realized in going into space that like space is empty and it's cold and it, like there's no life out there. And they're probably, you know, I, it, it was just a really touching article I was reading about him. Or I guess he wrote a letter or op-ed about it. And, you know, that's conceptual awe, right? That's all conceptual all around. Just thinking about the vastness of space and like how precious life is on this planet and how, you know, the circumstances that happened 
to make life feasible right here in this particular orbit in this solar system it's just it's like it's a really an orgasm right like <laughs> like none of we wouldn't be here this consciousness wouldn't be here nothing on this planet would be here if we were some millions of miles closer to the sun or farther away from the sun it's oh, like we are just on this it's 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 so freaking mind-blowing uh, you like could go on and on i mean if you think about the moon i mean the moon happens to be uh the sun is 400 times bigger than the moon and the moon is 400 times closer so it makes a perfect eclipse there's so much natural uh awe-inspiring moments that it's it, it, if you sat and really just focused on just a handful of them the amount of energy it yeah. would take to make those would, would really just blow your mind. I know we talk about this and I think the biggest thing, I think the biggest thing of yeah. all of this is that when you tap into awe, it has a ripple effect across the universe because of the energy changing, like that frequency shift that you have personally, when you have these awe inspiring moments, these awe inducing moments changes your frequency and you ripple out into the universe and you have an effect on every aspect of the entire universe. I think that that's the yeah. biggest takeaway from yeah. all this. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. You know, it's, I think it's just a different languaging that, that I, I appreciate what you're sharing, Jake and, and the bigger picture and like on, on that kind of universal or galactic level. Um, I mean, it's, it's really inspiring to me. Um, and, and I, I do think about it like on that grand scale. And I also like appreciate just on the micro scale, um, <laughs> you know, on the, you know, as a scientist, as a physician, just like here we are talking about on the, on the most microscopic level of, of these, these small particles, like these interleukins are, they're, they're part of a class of compounds called cytokines. And they're the, the, the most primitive compounds on this planet that the early cells on the earth used to speak to each other with they are called cytokines. And here we know that this, this great emotion of awe, which you're talking about connects us to the universe and to this higher level of consciousness is also operating on the most microscopic, you know, intracellular level. It's, it's really, it just, I mean, I'm just having this conceptual awe I moment too. right now of like this <laughs> orgasm, like, okay, this, this big vastness and then on the smallest level and it's like, everything is connected it's together all connected. and this, oh, yeah, and this, yeah. <laughs> and then this, this emotion of awe, which, which is really our conduit to that consciousness you're talking about. Like we, you can't experience that highest level of consciousness you're talking about without accessing awe like awe is the doorway it's the gateway to it um yeah it's it's wow. just wow yeah you that's know, all you can really say these. <laughs> <laughs> that's all you can really say because all the things we've talked about in this episode stimulates that and it helps you understand that and like you said it's microcosmic it's macrocosmic it's all points in between because mm -hmm. it is rooted in source which is the essence of everything <laughs> What an incredible interview we've had. This is so cool. I'm so glad that you're here and we've had this conversation. I'm sure we could go on for hours, but you know, we have this time and it's been so great, but of course we'll have you back and maybe we'll have Jake Eagle come on as well. And he can bring his wife. Maybe we can have a round table discussion, 
But before we go, before we talk about this and before I tell people where to find you, is there anything else you'd like to leave people with? You know, I think it really comes down to sort of our call to action at the end of our book, which is like that this practice is, well, first of all, it's a personal practice and it's so easy to, to do, to cultivate. It can be done anywhere, anytime, any place. And if you're listening to this podcast and you're like, no way, this isn't possible. You know, I, we, we just, I, Jake and I just now in, in recording this hour and a half long podcast, we probably had like 50 awe moments, right? Exactly. So, you know, we're kind of left speechless. Like there's just so much here to be in awe of. Um, and, and so I would say just go out and please try this practice. Um, you know, we have our, we have a lot of resources on our, our website to, to help you cultivate the practice as well as our book, the power of awe that's coming out in, in January of 2023. And, but as we talk about in our final part of our book, our call to action is that we really believe that this, this practice is one of the most important things that we need to cultivate right now in our society, in this world, is to really all have a personal practice of awe, of wonder, of curiosity, of the grandness of this universe, of this planet that we live on. And from that place, we will begin to, to, to teach, to treat each other at a much higher level of consciousness with kindness, of love, of respect, of all humanity, and even more importantly, of this earth, like of all the beauty that we're surrounded by, um, that is an endless source of awe. And to be so grateful and appreciative of that um, on a moment-to-moment basis um, is profoundly healing and transformative. Um, so I wish, I wish everyone who listened to this well and to cultivate that level of consciousness um, out into the world. Thank you, Jake, Yeah, for inviting me here. I'm so grateful to be here, and I just loved our connection and our energy today. And the thing is, is that this is this method, it's a personal method, but it's one more thing that's going to help activate the new earth, the united earth, that higher consciousness that we're all moving to as humans. We want it. We know it's there. It takes action and development. This is just one more thing that we can add to help us get there. Thank you so much for being here, Michael. I want to tell people where to find you. The power of awe.com is the website, the book, the power of awe again with the subtitle overcome burnout and anxiety, ease chronic pain, find clarity and purpose in less than one minute a day. It's available on Amazon for pre-order and the other places where it's available. There's a Kindle version, you know, Christmas is coming up. Hanukkah, you give gifts, other Kwanzaa in all of these places, you're giving gifts to people. This book would be an incredible gift. Okay. It's not coming out till January, but you get the certificate. There's an anticipation, you know, it's coming. This power of awe is coming. I'm just saying that, you know, it could be a good gift for anyone out there, but just get this book when it comes out, people. I read the book. It gets my highest recommendation. I absolutely love it. And Jake Eagle's website, let's just shout him out, co-author, liveconscious.com is his website. And again, Michael, thank you so much for being here. Deeply appreciate it. We will definitely do this again. Thank you, Jake. I was just so thrilled to be here and I'm like just filled with so much awe. I'm having an orgasm right now. Like this is like <laughs> one of the best hours I've had in months. Like wow. you do tremendous work and Thank I you. am so grateful for the opportunity to finally meet you. And I look forward to coming back on the show sometime in the future. Thank you so much. And I wish all your listeners a wonderful new year ahead. All right. With awe. <laughs> Well, that was pretty dang awesome. So please hold through the outro music and everyone awesome episode.
Awesome. Incredible. I hope you enjoyed it. I know you did. And we will see you next week. Midnight on Earth.